0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Appreciate you joining us. Um, Today on the podcast, I want to read from the book of John, uh, chapter 16, and verse 7 and 8. You know, the work of the Holy Ghost is so diverse. It says here in verse 7, it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is for your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes... He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment concerning sin because they do not believe on me concerning righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no longer concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. You know, when you um, if we could draw the veil back and see the work of the Holy Ghost, everything that he does, you know, I remember there was a, a day for me when I realized that every time a scripture had come back to my memory um, when I needed it, that that was the work of the Holy Ghost. Like if there was ever a time where I was sharing the gospel and someone came up with a question, or if, hey, I had this impression that they were struggling with their family or, you know, whatever, that it was the Holy Spirit behind the scenes who was revealing that to me. You know, he's the spirit of revelation. Um, But he's doing so much. Uh, and so in the context of being in a church service of preaching, uh, I have the privilege uh, this this semester of uh, co-teaching a class on homiletics, which is the art of preaching. And uh, you know, you talk about different things. The scripture says, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all suffering and diligence, right? So Paul, as a preacher, was as a man of God, was saying to a younger man of God, hey, these are important things to remember to do. But the work of the Holy Ghost is so crazy because in any scenario, when the word of God is going forth, the Holy Spirit is the agent of change and what he's doing in the background. It's crazy to see because if you think about it, like if you if you're in a place where you're preaching or you're ministering um, or you're in a building where you're listening to preaching, like you just if you just think about the people in that room in that room is represented so many different needs, uh, so many different needs. It's like you think about the woman with the issue of blood, how on that journey, Jesus is walking and people are pressing in around him, right? And and this lady comes and she says to herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. And so she presses in through the crowd. She touches his garment and as she touches his garment, it says that virtue flows out of him. And it was it was then when uh, obviously she was healed, but Jesus sensed it and he says, "Hey so who touched me?" and the disciples almost thought he was crazy, like, what do you mean who touched you uh, there's so many people around you um, but you see how because of a demand, you see how she's receiving and other people aren't receiving but in that same journey he's walking and then meets the 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 ruler right of the synagogue uh, who's Whose person is sick, and and so there's so much happening all at once. But it's the same with the Holy Ghost. If you go into a service and you're on the receiving end of of hearing, there's so much happening. There's someone there who's being convicted of their sin, and the Holy Spirit is pointing at things, saying, "Hey, uh, I I need this to move." For, for this relationship to grow, right? And then there's someone else who's really on the verge of a breakdown and is is man, maybe even c- uh, contemplating suicide. And the Holy Ghost is is showing them, "Hey, don't believe that lie. Life is worth living." Right? And so as a preacher, there's such a responsibility like I get into a service and I'm I'm supposed to preach the gospel and and almost like in your head, you think, man, I I have to know what's going on. I have to know if someone's committing suicide, wants to commit suicide. I have to know if someone's in secret sin. I have to know, you know, I have to know everything. But the Bible says he that's perfect in knowledge is with us the Holy Ghost knows everything, every single person, the Holy Ghost actually drew them to church in the first place. So in a congregation, let's just say you got a 1000 people, you got one person, really, that just needs encouragement, you know, that they can make it right. Someone else needs to be uh, someone else needs to repent, and there needs to be an altar call. And someone else uh, needs to know that life is worth living, right. And someone else needs to be Uh, a word from the Lord, just of, you know, whatever it is, but the work of the Holy Ghost is that through, uh, the Bible actually says the foolishness of preaching. So I'll find the scripture here. It's first Corinthians one. Um, but through the foolishness of preaching, preaching that people come to know Jesus. And so you see it there where it says, um, uh, first Corinthians one 20, it says, where is one who is wise? Where's the scribe? Where's the debater of this age? And and I'm not really like, all right, I got to cover all my bases. Now, let me say something to the people in here who are discouraged. All right, here's a word of encouragement. Okay, let me say something to to the rebellious people, you know? It's not even like that. It's like you preach the gospel, and the Holy Ghost can take one line and convict the heart. It's like someone, a preacher can be preaching a message, and two different people are hearing two different messages. That's the work of the Holy Ghost. So anyone listening who's saying, man... Uh, I want to preach. Uh, how do I get better at preaching? Obviously, it comes with experience, but there is a part that you have to acknowledge, man, Holy Ghost, you have to do you have to do the work here. You're the one who's convincing someone of sin, right? Who's convicting someone of sin. You're the one who's convincing someone of righteousness, that they have a place of standing before the Father. You're the one who's showing someone that what they've believed is a lie. The Holy Ghost is breaking down bad mindsets, right? You're the one. I've had someone call to me after I was preaching and be like, man, that was so awesome. That message is probably my favorite message you've ever said. I loved it when you said this. And they say a line that I honestly, I didn't, definitely didn't plan to say. I definitely didn't, I don't even remember saying, and it wasn't even the main theme of my message, but the Holy Ghost can take one line and say, okay, this this section, this line here, this is for the rebellious people, right? This line here, this is for those who are um, uh, uh, struggling in sin, right? This line here, this is for people to know that they can approach God without any shame, right? It doesn't matter what they've done, that God's forgiven them and that they have boldness before me. And so it's the work of the Holy Ghost. So as you preach saying, Holy Spirit, speak through me. Use the, my tongue as a pen of a ready writer. And you'll see you know, in forty-five minutes, how God can take someone who's lived a life thirty years, forty years, right, uh, walking their life a certain way, making decisions from a certain mindset, and in forty-five minutes, can completely turn their life around by the power of the gospel. Uh, Romans 1.16 says, "For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation." You know, there's there's a power in the gospel. That we have to remember that God uses the gospel as a tool to break down 30, 40, 50, 60 years of wrong believing. That when the entrance of the light comes, when the light of the gospel shines, there's a force behind it that all of heaven backs and people get radically turned around. Man, I used to believe this way, but in one moment I heard this message and my whole life changed. Uh, The power of God was manifested to me. So for those of us um, preaching, what God is actually looking for, number one is a willing vessel, someone that he can flow through, someone who's not preaching their own opinion, but someone who is um, uh, preaching the word of God. Acts chapter 24. Let me read you the scripture here. Excuse me. Acts chapter 20. Um, Paul uh, is talking and he says, in verse 24, it says, For I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish the, my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus, to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And now, behold, I know that none of you uh, among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all. For I did not shrink back from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Man, what a crazy um, what a crazy statement, but for any preacher, such a warning, right? He says, I'm not innocent of the blood of any of you because I didn't shrink back from preaching the whole gospel. You know, there's a danger that comes for people who would preach the gospel in this, this feeling of like, Well, there's this idea of like, uh, and and we call it being seeker sensitive, but it's this idea of like, well, ultimately I want to win people to Jesus. So I'm not going to talk about this, right? There's people who won't preach on healing. Ministers, pastors of churches, whole denominations won't preach on healing. And maybe they believe in it. Maybe they don't. and It's just a misunderstanding. But I believe people deep down know like God is good and he has the power to do this. But there's people who believe on it who won't preach it because they say, well, you know, it's controversial. And so I don't want to lose people because ultimately I want to influence people for the gospel. I don't preach about sin. Uh, you know, my wife and I were on vacation and we went to this church and it was like the perfect Sunday for us to be there just because it was such a reminder to me of like, man, we have to preach. We have to preach the full counsel of God. And, and the pastor gets up. And he's talking, and he says, "You know, people sometimes give us a tough time because they say we don't preach against sin." And he said, uh, "This is why we don't preach." They didn't, didn't. He didn't say, and that's not just not true. He says, "This is why we don't preach against sin is because we don't want people thinking about revolving around planet sin." Right? We want people. Um, we preach about being a new creation, which, you know, there's a part to that. It's important to preach about being a new creation. If all you do is preach about, there's some churches where you can go on YouTube and search certain Baptist preaching and you hear the guy talking about uh, how people who watch TV are going to hell, right? And 30 minutes on on watching TV, right? And there's no reality of you're the righteousness of God. But that's why Paul said, I fully preached. No one's blood is on my hand because I fully preached. I didn't shrink back from fully preaching or preaching the full counsel of God. There's a responsibility as ministers to preach the full counsel of God, to not only have one side of the story, but to be able to say, hey, I fully preached the whole gospel. People uh, are being robbed by their pastors when their pastors don't preach hey, you can walk in divine health, because it's part of the gospel. But you people can back down and they can say, hey, I don't want to preach on giving because it's controversial, right? I don't want to preach on, I don't want to talk about homosexuality, because it's controversial. I don't want to talk about alcohol, right? Because it's controversial. And things in the gospel, things in the Bible that are very clear, where the Bible says, preach the full counsel of the word. Yes, I preach you're a new creature in Christ Jesus, but I also preach: if you continue in your sin and you don't come out of your sin, you won't make it to heaven. The Bible says that drunkards do not go to heaven; do not inherit the kingdom of God. Right? So there's a full counsel of the gospel that there's that it's required of me uh, to preach as a as a as a minister. But there's so much happening. So in preaching the word, the Holy Ghost. Is convicting people's hearts, is reproving people um, for what they've done, is is drawing the backslider back. So what God is looking for, first of all, is a willing vessel, someone who's yielded, someone who will boldly proclaim. Paul said, "Pray for me that a door of utterance may be opened, that I may boldly proclaim." If you're willing to preach, preach boldly. That's part of it. That's part of preaching is preaching boldly, and then preaching the full counsel of God, the full word of God. And then, as someone who's listening to preaching, there's a way to approach uh, preaching, and there's a way to not approach it. So, as someone who's a, who's who's sitting down in a church listening to preaching or turning on. You know YouTube and listen to preaching. There's a couple ways of looking at it that are important. Number one is you look at it like I'm being fed. Understand, just like we talked about, that you're a spirit, right? You live in a, a body, you have a soul. That you are being fed by the Word of God. This is your meal for the day. In the same way that you pay attention, like you, you, most people. I mean, I hear someone who's like, "Oh, I forgot to eat today," and it's seven o'clock at night. I don't understand that world. I don't think I've ever forgot. If I've missed a meal. It's pretty much been on purpose. It's been a decision. I was fasting. That's pretty much it. Like I'm not skipping many meals. I think about food fairly often, but thinking I'm being fed spiritually. This is, <clears throat> excuse me, this is the word of God um, that's feeding me. Approach preaching with expectation. The, the expectation that you come with is what you'll receive, is how much you'll receive. With hunger, man, what a key word to our life as Christians, hunger. You know, there's two people, uh, There's you can see, you can stand there on, on a uh, Sunday morning and look over the crowd and see someone who's enthusiastic, who's like, you can tell from the moment worship is going, they're ready to receive, they're, they're in worship, they're engaged, you can see they're listening, they're hanging on to every word, they're treating it like every word is food for them. And then there's someone else who's just arms crossed or on their phone, looks totally disinterested, and it's all a level of hunger. And that's such a key as Christians. When we approach the word of God, man, I'm not taking any Sunday off. I'm receiving for the word. I'll even say things like there's days where I don't feel like it. Right. But I'll say things like, God, I thank you that if you're going to touch anyone today, you're going to touch me. That if the word is going to change anybody, you're going to change me. Lord, if you're going to give me anyone wisdom and insight, Lord, you're going to give it to me today and come with an expectation. Uh, and then as ministers to boldly proclaim the word of God, you know, God's called us. Let me finish reading Acts 20. And then verse 28 says, he says, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Verse twenty-eight says, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my b- departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, And from your own selves arise men, speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. You know, the Word has the possibility and is there to build you up. It's to strengthen you. It's to encourage you. It's to give you direction. It's to give you understanding. So approach it, and we'll do a podcast on esteeming the Word, but approach it as it is, the Word of God. This is God speaking to me. This isn't another sermon. Don't let yourself be lulled to sleep. This isn't just another message. This isn't just another, oh, I do this on Sundays. This is the Word of God of God. So as a preacher, give place for the Holy Ghost. Let Him use your mouth. Holy Spirit, I'm completely dependent on you. Do a work in, uh, through the through the Word today. Use my tongue today. Let it be as a pen of a ready router, router writer. And then boldly proclaim the message, full counsel of the Word. And as a listener, you approach the Word the way you approach the Word. The hunger that you bring the Word is what you're going to receive. I love you. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the next podcast.